This morning we're talking, uh, wow, the font went crazy. We're talking about meeting God behind closed doors. We're beginning to look at prayer. And I just want to go ahead and begin by asking this question. Why do we do that? Why do we pray? Why spend time talking to an empty room? Why talk to the ceiling? What's it for? What are we meant to accomplish when we do this? What, what, is it, what is the purpose of prayer? You know, if you look at an awful lot of the way that prayer is practiced by modern persons, then the only conclusion that you can come to is that prayer is a kind of, of medicine and economic stimulus, maybe? That, that the purpose of prayer is for the healing of the sick, and the purpose of prayer is for the... You know, the, the support of people in trouble. Maybe the, the preservation of our soldiers. You know, the, what, is that what prayer is? You know, if we look at, at the ancient practice of prayer, the concept of a prayer list begins to become very strange. If you work your way through the Psalms, for instance, I mean, certainly God would encourage us to pray about the stuff of our lives. But how much is... Of, of ancient Israel's prayer book, its songbook, is filled up with language about the stuff of us. And how much of ancient Israel's prayer practices and worship practices are filled up with a meditation on who God is and what He wants to do in the world? Our prayers are vastly different from ancient Israel's. And it may be part of the reason why it's so hard to stay in it. Is it hard for you to pray for a long time? To stay in prayer for several hours? Does that get tough? Repetitive? Empty? You know, Jesus prayed on several occasions all night long. And I'm convinced that that was coming more from His humanhood than His divinity. His share in our nature than in His. Because that was something that human beings are designed for and meant to do. But if, if this is as high as our, and as lofty as our prayers ever reach, it really gets hard to do it. And in fact, it becomes very frustrating. Because if this is what prayer is for, it seems like God forgets that. And are you the only one who has a prayer list of unanswered prayers? Am I the only one who has a prayer list of unanswered prayers? Or do you ever have that too? Times where you spend in frustrating prayer. Where you agonize over something and it, and it doesn't come about the way that you hope it will. As a preacher, I'm put often into situations where I've got prayers that I need to pray. Hey, I'm, I'm like anybody else. I pray the, the prayers that, that are for my own convenience. But there are times when I'm praying about things that are life and death. I'm sure so, so are you. And I, I get handed a lot of people's marriages, for instance. And I pray about those with great intensity. I've been doing this job for 21 years now. And I have run into an awful lot of times where those prayers just weren't fertile. The marriage I prayed about, it didn't get better. I've prayed a lot of times in hospitals, praying desperately for someone to get well, and they don't. Now, I... I've had the other experience too, so have you. The times of answered prayer. But if you were to put those on the balance and on a scale, how does it work out for you? Prayer is very bad magic, isn't it? It's just not tremendously effective, and it seems like God forgets that what prayer is about is about me. 
It's about me. The reason I'm coming to God is that it will make me have a better life. Right? God ought to realize that, I mean, (laughs) how many people are in that picture? By the way, that's pictureception because that's a picture of someone taking a picture of themselves. It's a one-person picture of a one-person picture. And that is so speaking to our whole approach. It's certainly our society. Our society is the selfie world. How many pictures are there? You go back, say, 30 years. You don't have a forearm in a picture. you know. But most, most photographs now have got a forearm in it. Or maybe... They're floating way up at this weird angle that you know only a seven-foot-tall person can take because it's at the end of a stick, you know. Because we're focused on where it appropriately belongs, on me. And if I am the measuring tool by which I measure my prayers, then getting my will and getting my way, prayer doesn't work very well. Might be why. Our prayer life is so often so anemic. Even wanting to pray can be hard. Because God doesn't do what I want. He doesn't jump through my hoops like a good dog. Wait, but I'm dyslexic. Because I'm spelling that wrong. It's it's not D-O-G, it's G-O-D. And what am I doing when I'm... Praying, what is this? We need, again, to climb the mountain and come to the Master. Because He will set in front of us a way of being with God that confronts the way of being in prayer that is not being with God. Do you know that that's possible? It is entirely possible to pray a lot and be with God very little. To say your prayers... And even have a heartfelt moment, a really important moment that's meaningful and powerful and emotional and lonely. Because it's you being with you. It is entirely possible to do that. And Jesus confronts that way of prayer. And it's worth noting that the people he's confronting are, are these guys, not the actors, but you know, these guys. Because he's dealing with a way of spirituality, and incidentally, the Pharisee was the pinnacle of the admired Judaism of his day. These were not the guys, this was not Darth Vader, okay? They are to us because, you know, we know the role that they played in the trial of our Lord, and we know that they were the primary opponents of our Lord, and so they're the bad guys. And anytime the they come on the scene. The bad music starts up. But no, not so in the world that they're in. These guys are the height of spirituality. They are the best of us. They are the best of the religious people. They would be the most admired of the Christians. And in fact, they are the leaders of their communities. They are the elders, if you will. The most admired, not the least. And Jesus is looking at their spirituality and their way of doing it and playing on their playing field. They say that spirituality is about giving to the poor and they say that spirituality is about fasting and they say spirituality is about prayer. And so that's what he's going to talk about, but he's going to use that to discuss the concept of spirituality which is so much bigger than theirs. And he's going to lead us into something that they can't. They don't know how. But their approach to spirituality is incredibly broken. They live in a world and they're doing a thing that that is very different from ours. But like them, 
we can practice, you know, we can have wonderful adventures in missing the point. We can engage in spiritual practice and miss its point just as thoroughly as they can. You see, we live in a different culture from theirs. Theirs was far more communal than ours. Ours is far more individual. And so the, the outgrowth of sick prayer is, uh, is different here than it was there. And Jesus will critique what they're doing. I think He would equally critique what we're doing. But realize, if you do this, there are huge consequences. Because as I just mentioned a moment ago, what was their role in the trial of the Lord Jesus Christ? And you need to understand, these folks practice prayer in ways that most Christians never even dream of. The idea of a day without prayer is unthinkable to them. Okay? Now, for many of us, that's true too, but for an awful lot of Christians, a day without prayer is called Tuesday. Or a weekday. You know, that you can go from sunrise to sunset, and if there's no big problem, no big crisis, there's no big reason to pray. They knew better than that. They missed the point, but they didn't miss it that way. They prayed three times a day, Every day. And the Pharisees made sure of it. They prayed all the time. They had fixed hour prayer. Have you ever heard of that? You know, where at a certain time of day, it's prayer time. You do that. You know, we have fixed hour eating. That's our big schedule. Their big schedule was not breakfast, lunch, dinner. It was morning prayer, afternoon prayer, evening prayer. That's how they measured their time. And yet, when the Lord God Himself walked among them incarnate in the flesh, after spending all of that time in prayer, they could not recognize Him. Why? Because they weren't with Him. They were in prayer by themselves. Do you hear the danger? Because we, the selfie generation, the, 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 the selfie America, we are so easily in prayer, primarily with ourselves, and too much with ourselves, and not enough with Him bringing ourselves to Him. We're bringing Him to us. Prayer's not for that any more than it's for what they're using it for. So what were they doing? Well, Jesus critiques them, and immediately their audience would recognize exactly who he's talking about because they've all seen it. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that people can see them. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. When Jesus says this, you know, there's going to be people there who are going to blush, not in embarrassment, but anger, because they know immediately that they're being criticized. And and anybody in this culture would be able to recognize that. Because, this now listen, almost no one in our culture can recognize it because people have, there's no benefit to doing this. If you pray like this, you're a weirdo, not a wise man. Now there's a, a video that I used to, on YouTube, that I used to show my students in my worship class when I taught at Lubbock Christian where there's a guy who's, who's doing street corner preaching. And, uh, and he's preaching. And, and the reason I showed the video was for, the, for us to discuss, well, what is the effectiveness of this? There's this college student that, that 
steps up to the middle of that street corner preacher and goes, you ain't got no pancake mix. Which is just as weird as it sounded like. <laughs> you know? and, and the guy tries to keep going and he's like, no, you are deceiving these people. There's no pancake mix in there. He's pointing at the guy's Bible. There's no pancake mix. You ain't got no pancake What is he talking about? It doesn't, but what well, my point is, this doesn't work. Oh, listen, if I begin to bob around a little bit, somebody come put a... Anyway, uh, it just, that's not, our culture doesn't admire it. It makes fun of it. You know, I suppose there are people who, you know, anointed by God, standing in a street corner, can transform the world by doing it. But most of us are not very tempted to do it. As a matter of fact, our world pushes you to keep your religion private. That's between you and God. Shut up and go to church if you want, but don't bring it here. That's not so in their world. Everything about their whole society is focused on God. So a person who can be seen praying, everyone's going to go, oh, look at him. Woo! That is a spiritual man. Wish my daughter could marry a man like that. That's how their culture is going to, they're all going to be filled with admiration and adoration for that person who is doing that practice, which is exactly, now listen, Jesus here is not condemning public prayer. That's not his point. So this picture comes from a, a public prayer. Look at their faces. They look happy or sad. This is right after that shooting in the Baptist church in, uh, in Texas. And the, there's like a hundred of those, by the way. You know, some, somebody went and shot lots of pictures. They don't, they don't duplicate. That was a huge gathering for prayer. All of them holding candles. Candles? Candle, whatever that word is. All of them standing in this, this moment. You, you suppose God's upset? Just, would Jesus condemn them for doing that? I don't think so either. There's a movement called See You at the Pole. Have you ever heard of that? You know, September 23rd of every year, people gather together at flagpoles across the nation to be able to say, I'm, I'm a Christian, and they won't let me pray inside that building, but they can't stop a student-driven movement that's going to get together. And I don't think God gets mad when those people gather together and they say, no, I'm a Christian. Jesus' point is not don't pray in public, and He's not telling us not to have somebody pray right here. That's not His point. Here's His point. So that people can see them. See, because what they're doing is they're taking this thing that's supposed to be intimate between them and God, and they're making it about them and them. So that other people can see them and it can build up their standing in society, it can build up who they are, and they think that prayer is for them. Prayer is for their status. Prayer is for their standing. They think prayer is about who they are are. Fundamentally, that is so foreign from anything that we would do, right? Thinking that prayer is mostly about us. They forgot what prayer is for. We do the same thing, but when we do it, it looks different. Instead of praying on the street corners, we start asking questions like this. Does prayer even work? If I I pray, does it matter? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by work. And what, you, what kind of work you expect prayer to do. I mean, prayer has great power in the world around us. And, I, and anybody who spends time praying, if you spend enough time praying, you will begin to notice that God, He's a player. 
He's an actor and he does stuff. You know, I, and, and I have seen entire, it's funny, I, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, you know, when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. You know, that, that there is something to this engagement with God. But if you put the answered prayers that went the way I want them on this side and prayers that didn't go the way I want them on that side, from, I don't know, for most of us, and there's a guy named George Mueller. It went way, God answered just about everything that guy ever said. But for most of us, the no's outweigh the yeses. Which is why we start asking that question, because after all, prayer's about me. You see how that's exactly the same mistake that the Pharisees are making? He's saying, don't make your prayer about you. Your prayer is not about you. Your prayer is about God. Now, your prayer will do something to you, and in that way, it is about you, but it's not about you getting what you want if what you mean by what you want is your heart's desires. If what you mean by what you want is your heart's desires, meaning your desires change, well then, yes, your prayer is about you. So that you can creep your way into the glory of God. So that by times of of silent wonder and meditation and openness to the presence of God, you might be changed. You sang just a few minutes ago, take away the love of sinning. Did you mean that? Good. How do you think He accomplishes it? I mean, that's a supernatural reality, isn't it? To reach inside of someone's heart and take out a love or to reorient their loves so that they love what they ought to love and that they don't love what they ought not love. That's supernatural. And one of the things that I've found is that so often I, I can even make that prayer about me. I can be very tempted into something and I'm praying desperately, God, just take it away, take it away. I want you to take it away. And what I mean is I want you to be my genie and do my magic trick and do my therapy for me so I don't have to do any work. That's not how He does it. The way that He does this most of the time is that I start praying about Him and the glory and the beauty and the wonder of who He is. I'd spend time with the Psalms and let them be my my teacher and I, I learn to pray about the glory and the beauty of God. And as I pray about who God is, God takes hold of my heart and I, I change by His power at work in me. Or... I pray for someone else and I find love welling up in me and it overwhelms the hate that's in me and I slowly change. Does prayer work? Well, it depends on what you mean by work. If it works in the world outside, eh, it does all right. But if you will dedicate yourself to prayer, what you're looking for is a different you. It works all the time. If you'll be with God. Because remember where we started this whole thing. There is a way of praying that is not being with God. There is a way of praying that that the Pharisees were really good at. They could pray like crazy. They would embarrass us with how much they pray if we compared ourselves to them. And yet they were not changed. The glory of God was not found inside of them. Their prayer didn't accomplish very much. So what's the difference? There you go. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees what is in secret will reward you. Jesus here is telling us not just to practice, 
but a way. A thing to emulate. And not just in prayer, but in everything that we do that is spiritual. A way of being with God. He is actually teaching us what prayer is. Because prayer is the moment when the, when the child comes to the Father filled with pain and fear and shame and brokenness because they know that the Father is stronger than they are. And enters into embrace. I just want to be with you, Daddy. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. This world that I'm in is so filled with threat. And not only is the world around me filled with threat, but the world inside of me. I know that I want things I shouldn't want. I know that I'm someone I shouldn't be. But in you, I find everything that I want. Daddy, be with me, please. Please be with me. And I will be just with you. And I will be for you. And I will remember that this is not about me. It's about being with you. And so I will get rid of all pretense. I will get rid of every other eye and it will be just you and me here. No one else has to see this. No one else has to even know about this. This is just me and you and me seeking your heart. And so I will strip myself of every reward. I'll put my prayer list down for these prayers. I'll come to you to ask you to do things some other time, some other way, but for right now, I don't want to ask for anything but you. Because I know that if I'm with you, then you'll be with me. And he doesn't ever waste time, does he? Climbs into the heart and he does things to us that we can never do to ourselves. And this desperate, fearful, sad child leaves the arms of the Father better, made whole. Brothers and sisters, am I lying to you? Have you been here? Then you know that it's true. And this kind of prayer is winsome and attractive and desirable. And it keeps us in the prayer list prayer that can be frustrating and hard. And it keeps it because when we are with Him and He, and he transforms us by the, by the will and the love of His presence, and we become different people, we see that welling up inside of us. We know I've got something that the world can't touch. This is better than anything else. This is the very best thing going and I want this. And this will draw me the way that my frustration about somebody's problem never does. This is the path of spiritual change. And the Lord Jesus puts it in front of us behind a closed door when you're alone. But praise God you're not. Because it's possible to be in prayer and be alone. But when we do it this way, we aren't. We aren't. And you become a different person by the power of God. So I ask, why do we pray? The motive that I believe Jesus is putting in front of us is better than any other. Period. This is why we pray. Right? If this morning you look into your heart and what you're mostly encountering is a kind of prayerlessness, God can heal that. And we will pray for you. And believe it or not, God, God will hear the prayers of other people and lead you into prayer as well. And so if you need this, let us know. We want to pray for you.
And it may be that you came here this morning, you're carrying a burden that's heavy, but it has nothing to do with what I've talked about. That's fine. We want to pray about that too. Let us spend time with God for you. In your name, let us pray for you. And if you're not following Jesus Christ, there's no better day to start than this one. If this morning you're subject to the invitation of God, there's room right here. Why don't you come while we stand up and sing?